You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. The cross of Jesus is central to Christianity. For it reveals to us the very character of God. Is that the cross where God's great love for lost sinners meets his total and perfect justice. If you want to love God, which is, by the way, the first and foremost commandment, then we're going to need to understand the cost of the cross. The the, the purchase of our salvation was driven by the love of God. If you want to grow in, in godliness, then you and I will need to understand together the purpose of the cross. For it was at the cross where our most insidious sin, namely pride, was crucified. This morning, I want us to see again the power of the cross. And we're going to go to the Old Testament to do so. So if you'd go with me, please, in your copy of God's Word to Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah chapter 52. It's in the Old Testament. It's four books to the right of the book of Psalms, if that helps to get there. Isaiah chapter 52. We're going to jump to the very end of that chapter And look at verse 13 together. So Isaiah chapter 52, if you'd go there with me, please. Isaiah 52, beginning in verse 13. This is God speaking about his son, Jesus. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted As many were astonished at you, speaking to Jesus, now about Jesus, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind, so shall he sprinkle many nations and kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they see, and that which they have not heard, they understand." Let's break this down together here in verse 13. It says that this servant of God, this son of God, Jesus, would be high and lifted up. That qualification or that description is used four times in the book of Isaiah, high and lifted up. Every time it's a reference to God, except right here is a descriptor of Jesus being exalted. Jesus is the Lord high and lifted up and exalted. In verse 14, it says that he was marred beyond human semblance. In other words, he was physically disfigured. And you can read the the gospel accounts of the crucifixion and the road to the cross and that we see that that Christ was beaten, it says, to his face with fists. He was beaten with whips, he was spat upon, he was pushed down to the ground. And so we see all throughout the scriptures that, that Christ was physically Disfigured. Just a few chapters earlier in Isaiah chapter 50, a prophecy about Jesus in verse 6, it says that, that he gave his back for people to strike him. It says he gave his face so that people might pull out his beard. Literally, Jesus was mutilated by man. But in verse 15, it says that God's servant, Jesus, whose appearance will be disfigured, he is also the Lord. He is rightly exhausted, exalted because it says here, for he will astonish the nations. Kings will shut their mouths when they see Jesus and he will sprinkle many nations. That word sprinkled there in Hebrew is the word nasah. 
And I won't go into great detail for those of y'all who get a little lightheaded when someone talks about B-L-O-O-D. But I'll just tell you here, it means to spatter. It, it, it means to splash. And what we're seeing here is that the blood of Christ would be splattered among the nations. Even those who had not heard, even those who, who were outside of the Jewish promise is a picture of the Old Testament sacrificial imagery. Back in Exodus chapter 24, the priest would go into the holy place and to, to seek forgiveness on behalf of the community, they would sprinkle the blood of an animal on the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the cover. And they would plead forgiveness for the people. So this picture here of Christ being able to use his blood to sprinkle it, to, to splatter it for the nations, that, that, that this is the, the, the root of Isaiah 52, is that Christ's sacrifice would cover the sins of anyone in any nation who would believe in him. Truly, Highland, he was crucified for the nations. His blood would sprinkle the world for those who would believe. This is why when John saw Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 29, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This Christ was crucified for the nations. God's heart is stirred for the nations. His heart is kindled for the nations. You see, the ends of the earth belongs to God. The inheritance of the world belongs to God. We don't have to ask God to stir his heart for the nations. His heart is stirred for the nations. For his son Christ has sprinkled the nation with his blood, the sacrificial blood that, that brings healing and forgiveness. He has scattered this among the nations. So we don't ask God to stir his heart for the nations. God asks us to stir our hearts to the nations for that which his heart has already stirred. And then we come to Isaiah chapter 53. And I want you to see this morning with me, Highland, the gruesome, glorious picture of the cross that was written 700 years before Christ even came, 700 years before the cross was even thought of. Would you look at these words with me? These are grace-soaked words. In fact, I believe that Isaiah chapter 53 is worthy of our standing as I read this to you aloud. Would you stand with me, please? Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed 
He was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. For by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be counted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death. And was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many. And makes intercession for the transgressors. His place of death has become our place of life. Would you bow your head with me, please, as we pray? Jesus, today we remember the glory of the cross. Today we remember the price of our salvation. We remember this man of sorrows, acquainted with our grief, He has borne our sin. He has carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgression. So Jesus, today we remember and we glory, we boast in the cross where we have found our life, where you found death, we found life. We praise you today, O Lamb of God, for your glorious cross. Christ we pray.